This Prop Talk recording is a news and opinion product that is the property of Original Prop Blog LLC, all rights reserved. Original Prop Blog LLC is not responsible for any statements or opinions expressed by the guests of this program. Live on tape from the OPB studios in Northern California, it's Prop Talk. Brought to you by the Original Prop Blog, we're making analog connections across the world. Each podcast features one-on-one chats with special guests to discuss the hobby of collecting original movie props and costumes. The Original Prop Blog is the original source of news, information, and opinion about authentic popular culture artifacts and memorabilia from film and television. Now, let's join our host, Jason DeBorg. Got it. <laughs> okay, so um, welcome to Prop Talk, and today my guest is Jeff Pertle, who's the director of archives and collections for NBC Universal. So welcome, and thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. Thanks, Jason. It's it's good to talk to you. So I know one of the big things that we want to talk about today is the centennial, which is, um, you know, 100 years of universal. So maybe you could just sort of give an overview about that. And then, um, then we'll go into your background and kind of circle back around and talk about that in a little bit more detail. Sure. Yeah, 2012 does mark the 100th anniversary of Universal Pictures. And of course, that milestone has um, kept our department really busy here at NBC Universal. Um, Universal was formed. The Certificate of Incorporation was filed on April 30th, 1912, in the state of New York, and that's something that we actually have in our archives department. Oh, wow. Is that original Certificate of Incorporation? <laughs> and so, whenever we first started talking about, well, what day should we celebrate right. the 100th anniversary? <laughs> um, we found that original certificate, so that's kind of what we built the celebration around. Oh, wow. But one thing about our centennial, instead of holding a bunch of celebrations where we're patting ourselves on the back and telling ourselves what a good job we did, was that we really wanted to share Universal's film library and our archives with an audience that maybe has never seen it before. Mm -hmm. So one of the big initiatives of our centennial is the restoration of 13 films from our library. And Universal has restored films in the past and will continue restoring films in the future, but it's this year that we've made a commitment to do a complete full restoration of 13 titles in our library. And those, of course, will be released on DVD, and we're really looking forward to that. But another thing that we're doing with our centennial in sharing our film library with a new generation is that we're sharing a lot of our corporate archives with the with a new audience also. Mm-hmm. So what we've done is we've developed a Tumblr site, which is universal100.tumblr.com, and we're posting new assets from our collection on the site. Okay. Um, we're also um, participating in a num- number of different exhibits, um, not only here in Los Angeles, but also in London at the Victoria and Albert Museum. And uh, we've also recently updated the NBC Universal Experience, which is here at the Universal Studios Hollywood theme park with some centennial-themed exhibits. Wow. So that's the 
main contribution that NBC Universal Archives and Collections is making towards the Universal Picture Centennial that we're celebrating this year. Okay. And do you want to talk a little bit about what your department is and just generally what it does? You bet. So whenever anyone asks, what is Archives and Collections? What do you guys do? I basically say that in a nutshell, we act as the central reference source for all historic information about NBC Universal and our productions. And what that means is that not only do we protect, preserve, and maintain all of the history of the studio, but we also collect, preserve, and maintain all of the historically significant props, wardrobe, costume designs, set drawings, still photographs, vintage movie posters, executive records, just anything and everything that has to do with the history of the studio. And we actually maintain a big 30,000 square foot warehouse where we keep everything wow. in a climate controlled environment and in acid free boxes with acid free tissue and have everything cataloged according to a museum and archives cataloging system and where everything has an accession number. And we're actively involved not only with loaning our assets to museums and doing exhibits, that kind of thing. But we also work closely with our home entertainment division. So if they're wanting to release a classic title on DVD and want to take a look at some of the artwork or posters from specific titles, right. they'll come to us for that. Um, they may want to do a bonus feature where they show some of the props and wardrobe from a specific production, so they'll come to us for that. Um, we also work closely with our publicity department for a lot of different premiere events and publicity junkets, media events, that kind of thing. Because another big operation of our department is what I like to call preserving the history that's being made today. So what we do is we work closely with the Universal Pictures Feature Assets Group, as well as Universal Television's Production Services, Mm -hmm. where we go in and pick and choose the assets that we want to retain in the archives. So we'll usually take, I don't know, 10 to 15 props and 10 to 15 costumes from each of our feature films, along with all of the artwork. And then we also work with Universal Television to pick and choose pieces from our television shows that we want to bring over to the archives. Okay. And how long, so, has, how long has that kind of process been in place? That process has been in place probably for the last 10 years, and that's okay. as long as I've been here. Okay. And then how, how did you get involved in this line of work? <laughs> <laughs> um, my background I've, is actually in museums. Uh -huh. So I have a bachelor's degree in history and a master's degree in museum science. I interned at the Getty for a while, um, moved back to Texas where I'm originally from, worked in an art museum, and then started working in corporate archives mm -hmm. um, in Dallas. And getting into corporate archives kind of opened the door for me to start working at Universal Archives. Oh, wow. Yep. So I don't have a film history background or anything like that. I really don't right. consider myself as a film historian. But what my background is in is in conservation, preservation, exhibition of artifacts. Right. So I'm curious then... From your perspective, how do you feel about seeing so much material um, sort of being taken care of kind of in a collector's market where yeah. people don't really have the expertise to know how to, you know, properly care for things, store things, handle things? Right. 
Does that bother some to you? <laughs> well, you know, I, it's it's not bothersome to me if somebody is taking care of the artifacts and make them available to the public where they're able to see them and enjoy them. Right. Um, I think that's great. You know, it's just, I think what would, what bothers me is if somebody buys something, doesn't take care of it and just keeps it up in an attic where nobody knows where it is. Right. So, um, you know, it kind of depends. Yeah. (laughs) And do you guys ever, like, is there ever anything that you feel is missing from your collection? And do you ever buy anything or do you trade, you know, with collectors or dealers or anything for anything well, that you how, feel is missing? how our department operates is um, we, we have bought things at auctions in the past. Uh-huh. But just recently, I would say within the past, I don't know, five, six, seven years, we haven't bought anything. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with budget. But right. then also, as you're well aware, there's so many authenticity issues when it comes right. to auctions. Right. And it's a lot of it's just kind of a headache that we don't really want to deal with at all. Yeah. And so that's kind of prevented us from buying anything at auctions more recently. Right. And because we do work so closely with our feature assets and universal television groups and we're the first ones to go in after production wraps to pick and choose which hero pieces we want to bring over to the archives um we know you know (laughs) without a doubt that what we have in our collection is the hero pieces right so we're comfortable with that fact and knowing that you know those are the pieces that we maintain in the archives so we really don't have to go out to auction and look for anything from our productions i guess within the last 10 years right but of course there are pieces that we would love to have in our archives that we don't and and especially it's from the classic monster films you know i I think i wish we had a lot more from dracula frankenstein the mummy and some of those classics and we do have the original makeup mold that was used to create the prosthetics for the original Wolfman in 1941. Oh, cool. So that's kind of the signature piece from our classic horror films that we have in our collection, but I definitely wish we had more. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, what what are some of the other pieces that you have from from that, you know, classic horror? We have um, all of the original photography. Okay. So we've got original photography. Um, We also have some lobby cards, press books, um... We do have some posters. We don't have the ones, you know, that go to market for $250,000. Right. <laughs> but we do have some posters. I think, like, a lot of our Dracula posters are from the re-releases from the late 40s, early 50s. Okay. So we have some of those posters. Yeah. And do you have any, like, really large pieces? Or do you tend to just have like costumes and smaller props and things? Like, do you have yeah, any we, vehicles or, you know, any? We don't collect vehicles or big set pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, the main reason for the vehicles is that we don't maintain combustible engines <laughs> right. in our collections warehouse just for safety reasons. <laughs> right. And also, it becomes a space issue. You know, we yeah. do have 30,000 square feet to work with, but a car or a big set piece would take up a lot of space with that. But I think probably the biggest piece we have in our collection is the miniature Apollo 13 rocket from okay. Apollo 13. And it's really not 
very miniature. I mean, I think it's probably about 15 feet tall. Wow. So we have that and the launch pad, and then we also have um, the space capsule. We have that in our collection also. So. Yeah. So do you have like a computer database that just catalogs everything that's in your collection? Yep. Yeah, and it's a it's specifically designed for museum and archives collections. And so that's the database that we use for our department. Okay. And how how large is your par- department? How many people work in that department? We have 6 people including myself. So okay. I'm director of archives and collections, and then Deidre Thiemann is our production archives manager. So what she deals with is working closely with our feature assets group and Universal Television to select and retain assets from our current productions, mm-hmm. as well as she also maintains all of our prop wardrobe, just anything that had to do with a specific production. And then Deidre has two assistant archivists that report to her, and they do a lot of the cataloging and packing and that kind of thing. Yeah, and so do, do most of the people have backgrounds like you or your, you know, museum science kind of degrees. Yep. and Yeah, know. Deidre's, uh has her master's degree in library science. And then one of our assistant archivists will be graduating from UCLA's library and information science program this summer. So. Oh, cool. So we've, we've kind of divided our department where Deidre's group is production archives. And then Eric Chin is our senior corporate archivist. So what he maintains are all of the original company documents like that original 1912 certificate of incorporation that falls under his jurisdiction. Uh And then he also maintains all of the original studio photography, like pictures of the lot that were taken in the 1920s and all of the studio maps and any information about our sound stages and back lot locations, stuff like that. So do you take anything that can be scanned like photos and documents and stuff and scan everything into a computer and archive it that way as well as yes yeah yep because what we maintain in our department are all the original photographs from Uh all of our productions and we usually get them scanned on an as-needed basis so when home entertainment comes to us and says hey we want to see all of the photography you have from abbott costello meet frankenstein well We'll pull all of the original negatives from Abbott Costello Meet Frankenstein. We'll get them in archival sleeves, and then we'll send them over to our digital assets group, which reports up through Universal Pictures. And they'll scan all of the photographs and then upload them to their database. And then we're able to access all of the imagery through the Universal Pictures digital assets database. Okay. And I assume it's backed up somewhere off-site where if there's ever any kind of disaster, then it's still... <laughs> preserved I sure hope so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then do you have an idea of roughly, you know, of your collection, what percentage is television and what percentage is film? The bulk of it really is film um, because I would say if I had to put a percentage on it, I would say it's probably... 75% 75% film collections, 25% television. Um, some of the things, a lot of people forget that Review Studios was the predecessor to Universal Television. Mm-hmm. And Review produced like the Munsters and Leave it to Beaver. Okay. And some of those classic TV shows. So we actually have a, 
some stuff from the Munsters in our collection. Oh, really? I don't think we have any props from Leave it to Beaver, but I know we have Lily Munster's cloak, and we have uh, one of Herman Munster's suits in our collection. Oh, wow. And then Universal Television produced Columbo and Kojak and Miami Vice and um, a lot of great television shows from the 70s and 80s, and we have some of those pieces in our collection also. Yeah, because I know, you know on, on the collecting side, it's always harder to find things from at least older television shows, like, you know, going back to the 80s and 70s and stuff. Do you guys have much from, um, just because a friend of mine is a huge collector of it, from Magnum P.I.? We don't have too much. I think we have one of Tom Selleck's hats and maybe one of his Hawaiian shirts. Okay. But I'm just saying that off the top of my head, I'd have to check our database (laughs) to confirm that. But, again, we have a lot of publicity material from Magnum PI, so we have some original press books and a lot of the photography and that kind of thing. Okay. And do you know what some of the oldest pieces in the collection are? Um, the oldest piece, what I like to say, is, of course, that Certificate of Incorporation right. from April 30th, 1912. Right. But as far as wardrobe, um, our oldest and props, our oldest piece is from 1939, the Tower of London which had Basil Rathbone in it. Uh-huh. We have his tunic as well as a big axe from the Tower of London in our collection. Wow. And then we do have some artwork, um, some original set plans from Blind Husbands, which was an Eric von Stroheim film in 1919. We have those original drawings hmm. for set plans. So do you have any sense of the history of Universal and sort of how things evolved in terms of people saving stuff like that? Yeah. Um, so as with all the other studios, you know, I don't think history makers ever really realized that they were making history right. <laughs> whenever they were producing <laughs> all of these films. And there really wasn't much thought to collecting the props and wardrobe that were used to create these productions in the early years. And throughout the years, Universal has done a pretty good job of keeping a lot of the wardrobe in our costume department, keeping a lot of the props in our property department, keeping a lot of the original records and photographs and publicity material in our central files facility. Mm -hmm. And whenever our department was created, in 1997, around then, um, what happened was that our department was created by going around to Central Files, to the property department, to the wardrobe department, and identifying all of the historically significant props, wardrobe, or photography, files, whatever, and consolidating all of those assets under one roof, which was the Archives and Collections Department. And so that's sort of how our department was formed and in becoming the central reference source for all historic information is that we work closely with all these different departments on the lot to pick and choose each department's historically significant assets and bring them to archives. Mm-hmm. And so in, in that sense, we were we were pretty lucky to find a lot of historically significant material in our central files facility, in our wardrobe department, and in property. 
and some of the things we brought over, we're still discovering things in our wardrobe department. Um, it wasn't too long ago that our wardrobe supervisor had found a suit that um, was labeled Al Pacino in the back and was tailored for him. Uh-huh. And we got to looking at it, and it's the original suit from Scarface. Oh, really? Yeah, from wow. the Say Hello to My Little Friend <laughs> scene. I mean, it's that bl- navy blue pinstripe, yeah. pinstripe suit. Wow. And then another good example of that is um, we received a suit from our wardrobe department on the inside pocket. It's labeled as Charlton Heston and had a date of 1957 in it. Uh-huh. And that was his suit in Touch of Evil. Wow. So we have that in the collection also. Wow. So you still turn things up every once in a while. Yeah. Yep. I mean, they continue to find things in the wardrobe department and give us a call whenever they find them. So, yeah, we've we've got a great working relationship with our wardrobe and property department. Whenever they find anything, they'll definitely send it over to us. Wow. Now our, Oh, go ahead. Uh, one other good example is our property department recently found a lot of the paintings from Night Gallery. Oh, really? You know, Night Gallery opened with a yeah. painting. And our property department had a number of those paintings stored there, and so we brought those over to archives. Oh, wow. Very cool. Yep. Now, do you talk with your counterparts at other studios very frequently or, you know— talk shop and exchange ideas on you know how they do things versus how you guys do things yeah yep um we're actually making a presentation in august at the society of american archivists annual meeting which is in san diego Uh and it's myself and eric who's our corporate archivist we're making a presentation with one of the archivists from disney um and she works in their consumer products archives I think, as well as some archivists from 20th Century Fox. Oh, cool. So, yeah, it's a pretty small community. Yeah. Well, it seems like the departments tend to be pretty small, too, so I just figured you guys must really Yeah, know each <laughs> we other all know well. each other, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> we don't get together as often as we would all like. I mean, we always <laughs> say, you know, we need to go meet in Burbank or something and right. have a drink, but it, you know. It's always it's hard to get schedules to like. line up, yeah. Yeah. We all get pretty busy, and especially this year with our centennial, it's been really busy. Yeah. Now, you guys periodically liquidate assets like through auction companies and stuff as well. Not really. No. Um, Whenever anything comes to archives and collections, my department, Mm -hmm. we never sell anything. That's, so, that's probably one thing I may want you to put, <laughs> make sure everyone's aware of is that we once things come to archives and collections, we never sell anything. Okay. That's good and, to know. Because people, you know, I've mentioned to a few people that I was going to talk to you, and that was like the first thing people started asking about, of course, yeah. you know, being collectors. So so here's here's kind of how it works. We, we act as the guardian for assets that are owned by our feature assets department. So if ever we want to deaccession anything, we give it back to our feature assets group mm-hmm. and then they will determine how to liquidate it. And very rarely do they ever work with auction companies. Mm-hmm. They've done it in the past. I mean, I think they were working with auction houses up until probably like 2004, 2005. Right. And I think, I think that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Five or six years, our feature assets group doesn't even work with the auction companies. Yeah. Universal Television, on the other hand, they, they've held some auctions. They had the big Battlestar Galactica auction just last year, I think. Right. And so they've done some work with some auction companies around. But as far as our feature assets group, they 
haven't done anything with the auction houses in a long time. So you can but you can say kind of as a blanket statement that one, you guys don't sell anything, and two, you don't authenticate things for the resale market either, correct? That's absolutely correct. Okay. So if people make a claim like Absolutely. The last time that I saw anything um authenticated was before I came here. It was probably like in two thousand or so. Okay. And I think that was the last time I ever saw a certificate of authenticity from Universal. Okay. That's helpful information to yeah, put we, out there. Yeah, we are not in the business of authenticating things. And I get calls periodically from people wanting to authenticate something, and it's just a blanket statement that we're not in the business of doing that, nor are we in the business of bartering, trading, or selling anything from our collection. Right. And there's even been things, you know, from other studios that have shown up in our department, and we won't even barter sell those because we just don't even want to open that can of worms right right um and then do you want to talk a little bit in detail about the different centennial event related things that you have going on just so people can um you know if they want to go to one of these exhibits or find you know your tumblr thing online like exactly how they can do that you bet yeah um regarding the centennial the 100th anniversary of universal pictures one of the main ways that we're opening up our archives to the general public is through our Tumblr site. And the site is universal100.tumblr.com. And we're posting a new asset about once a week on that Tumblr site. So we've had everything from Ben Diesel's necklace in Fast and Furious <laughs> to a Jurassic Park dinosaur to some of Elizabeth, the Golden Age um, accessories, you know, that Kate Blanchett wore to the original Certificate of Incorporation is our most recent post that we posted last week. So okay. on that site, we're posting something new every week. And yeah, we would love to share some of our archives through that site. Cool. So that that's the main way that we're becoming more accessible. Um, secondly, we also have the NBC Universal Experience, which is at our theme park. And we recently updated the displays in there uh, to really reflect some of the notable 100 films that were selected for the Universal Centennial. And we also have some television assets on display there also. So the new exhibit there is something that we really like to brag about, as well as the upcoming Hollywood costume exhibit that's going to be at the Victoria and Albert Museum in October. So that's later this year. Okay, and We're it, loaning about seven costumes from our collection to that exhibit. And is it going to run for like a couple months? or? Yeah, I think it's going to be up from October through January. Okay. January 2013. Okay. And then one question I had. Do you have much from any Alfred Hitchcock movies? Not too much. Um off the top of my head, we have Anthony Perkins' corduroy jacket from Psycho. Oh, cool. We have the taxidermied owl from the Bates Motel. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have a taxidermied bird from the birds in the collection. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering if you had anything from the birds, though. Yeah. Oh, and we also have Rod Taylor's jacket in the archives. Oh, really? The birds. Okay. And it's all ripped up in the back from the scene where the <laughs> birds are chasing after him. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I hardly ever 
you know, see anything at all Hitchcock yeah. related. I remember his passport was in an auction once, but oh my God. Other, other than that, I haven't really seen anything that I can remember. Um, we also have the original set plans for the Psycho House. Oh, really? Collection. Yeah, and uh, a display of that, it's a reproduction that's at the NBC Universal Experience. Oh, cool. And then we have some other things, you know, like a autographed profile sketch of Alfred Hitchcock in our right. collection. And then Eric's um, collections of our corporate archives, we have a lot of board of directors meeting minutes for companies that were affiliated with Universal over the years. Hmm. And Shamley Productions, which was Hitchcock's production company, um, was bought out by MCA Universal in the early 1960s. So we have the business records of Shamley Productions in the archives also. Hmm. And do you have anything from Jaws? Yes. Um, let's see. We have Roy Scheider's sheriff costume from Jaws. We have the original set plans of the mechanical shark, of oh, Bruce cool. the shark. Um, and we also have some set decor, some shark teeth in the collection. <laughs> and I think we also have the blue wetsuit that Richard Dreyfus wore, but it's in really bad shape because yeah. it's that kind of foam rubber right. thing that just deteriorates whenever you touch it. Yeah. And I know um, Back to the Future's kind of just really been popular again, you know, in the last yep. year. Or so do you, do you guys have much from that? trilogy we have a lot from two and three and we also have we have some from the original we have the original set plans for the courthouse square um we have the big mechanical hat that doc brown wore you know whenever yeah. he first went to his house in 1965 yeah. he had that <laughs> goofy mechanical hat on and we've got some hoverboards and a miniature delorean and a miniature locomotive so we we have quite a bit from two and three, and then some from the original. Wow! So, what what is your favorite thing out of the whole collection? <laughs> I get that question quite a bit, <laughs> <laughs> and I got to say, I really love Gregory Peck's glasses from To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh wow! Yeah, that we have in the collection, and I also really like that original Wolfman life mask makeup mold. Yeah. Yeah, were the Gregory Peck glasses, were those in that Entertainment Weekly feature years yes. ago? Okay. I, yep. Because I, I, that image came to my mind, and I'm like, I yeah. know I've seen those. We also had the uh, taxidermied owl from Psycho in that. Yeah, show. I remember that now, too. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Very cool. Um, yeah, I think they said, <laughs> they mentioned in that Entertainment Weekly piece that we think that that Owl from the 1960 Psycho was preserved using arsenic, which, you know, is really toxic. Yeah. And we also got the owl from the 1998 Vince Vaughn version of Psycho. <laughs> and it's not nearly in as good a shape as the 50-year-old bird because it was they didn't use arsenic to preserve it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> And is there any, like, one piece that you feel is really missing from the collection that, like, if you could get one piece that's out there that you guys don't have preserved, what, like, what would it be? 
Oh, gosh, that's a tough question to answer because I'm so happy with everything that we do have and that we do have a opportunity to care for and maintain. You know, it's just so much that we have right now. Yeah. I can't even really think of anything off the top of my head. But I guess if if there's I, – I wish we had more from the classic monsters. Yeah. Be it Dracula, Frankenstein – any of those classic monster films, I, I wish we had more from those productions. Yeah. D- does anyone... But you know, um, there was a curator at the Natural History Museum in Exposition Park uh-huh. that had the foresight to think, you know, I, someone should be preserving some of these artifacts back in the 1940s, I think, that he went to the studios and took to the museum some artifacts from the classic monster films. So the Natural History Museum actually has a prop bat from the 1931 Dracula. They also have some um, chains from Frankenstein and some of the gauze from the original mummy. Oh, wow. Very cool. So some of that stuff does exist, but it's over at the Natural History Museum. Yeah. And does, does anyone ever donate anything to you guys? That yeah, they feel that every you should once have. in a while. Um, we recently received a great donation from one of our retirees whose father also worked at the studio. And it I don't guess it was really any props or wardrobe, but it was a lot of old studio newsletters and then a lot of photographs that they had just taken on the lot throughout the years. So there were some great pictures in there, like old continuity photographs of Ronald Reagan whenever he was in a movie called Louisa in the 1950s. Hmm. And then there was also just this sort of candid snapshot of Marlena Dietrich in Stage 28 when she was filming Flame of New Orleans. Oh, and, cool. Yeah, I mean, there were some great photographs in there. So that's that's one of our more recent donations. Okay. Well, I know... Um, I don't want to take up all your time today. Is there there anything else you wanted to say um, to close this out? Uh, I really appreciate talking to you, and I really appreciate what you do. We love your website. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's good to keep up with what's happening in the collectibles market and just to see what's out there. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I've enjoyed talking to you, and maybe we can do this again sometime, and I'm sure everyone will be interested to check out all these things you have going on for your centennial. So um, I appreciate all the information about where people can find, you know, all those different things you've got going on. You bet. Like I said, it's part of our 100th anniversary of Universal Pictures, where we really want to open the archives and share some of these things with an audience that maybe has never seen them before yeah it's awesome thank you for listening to our program prop talk for the latest news about the world of original television and movie memorabilia please visit us online at www.originalpropblog.com
guy here. Um, you can't even say Moosebusters. 